Welcome to the Wake Up Your Warrior podcast with me, Christine Cohen. Every week, we will share conversations with humans whose lives have been transformed by the power of movement on their mental health, break down the latest neuroscience, and hopefully inspire you to wake up your inner warrior to fight for the best versions of you every single day. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome to today's podcast episode. So today and the next two podcasts are going to be a special series. And this series is based off of my workshop that I hosted a few weeks ago called Natural Strategies for Depression. And I figured I would love to be able to have the podcast listeners have a really easy way of listening into this information because we talked about a lot and I think you're going to find it really fascinating. I'm basically sharing the neuroscience research causes, meaning what we know about brains, brain science, and what is actually causing depression on the physiological side of things. So the underlying causes in our body that are indirectly or directly causing depression and anxiety symptoms, as well as fatigue and overwhelm and just that feeling of hopelessness and all the things, all the lovely things, you know, that come along with symptoms of these really debilitating um, mental issues. So we're diving in. I would love for you to grab something to take notes with, but if you're driving or if you're walking and listening to this, no worries. I'm going to take it really slow, but I did want to offer that I have the video with captions that you can watch in the link in the show notes. So you can just click that link It's going to ask you to put your email in and then you're going to get the workshop videos sent right to your email and you can watch them instantly. And I always find one, the visuals are so helpful, but two, the captions at the bottom of the video also really help to solidify that information. When I see the words and hear them, it always helps me learn better and retain the information. There's also some workshops there from each of the days and a lot of other good info. So today we're just talking about day one really going to just scratch the surface and get into root causes of depression and then how nutrition really plays a role in our mental health as well as preventing and treating depression and anxiety symptoms. So we got a lot of great information. I am going to just lead you right in. All right. Hello and welcome to this three-day workshop that I've put together on natural strategies for depression. I'm really excited to be doing this workshop over the next three days. I have a ton of information that I want to share with you. And honestly, each of these uh, workshops are going to be about an hour long. So grab some water, (laughs) grab something to take notes with. I am an old school note taker uh, usually, but when I watch a workshop, I just like type alongside anything that I'm listening to. And then I just edit it later for typos, let's be honest. Um, But for sure, putting pen to paper is going to help it stick in your mind. But I have some other ways for you to really retain this information because I'm going to be giving you a lot. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to break this down into really digestible, um, understandable things that you feel like, oh, wow, like things are connecting, connections are being made in ways that are clicking that maybe didn't click for you before. 
So I really am excited to be sharing all this with you. So without further ado, let's jump in. I wanted to give you a little face-to-face -face time. I always like to do that in the beginning, but we're gonna dive into a presentation. You're gonna see my little face on the side of the screen, so don't worry, I'm right here with you. But I needed to give you visuals for this because there's just so many words and things that I wanna come across and having a visual just makes it that much easier. You know what I'm saying? Um, but this is an interactive presentation, as you will see in a hot second. So I am going to share it up. Okay, here we go. So... Let me properly introduce myself. Hi, my name is Christine Cohen. I have been a registered dietitian nutritionist for over 11 years now, and I've been a personal trainer and fitness professional for even longer than that. But in the last few years, I've really focused my practice in helping people with depression, anxiety, and binge eating and overcoming those. I'm also the founder of the Warrior Team Workouts, which you're gonna learn about um, just a little bit, but it's a 22-minute movement practice with weights. I literally do it back here. This is my studio. Film it every single day, and it goes on the membership site. Um, so people will sign on and do these 22-minute workouts on demand. But the thing about them is we focus on moving our body, not for our aesthetics, not for the outside changes but for the inside changes so it's really movement to improve your mood it's movement to boost your mental health um and i've been doing it since about 2018 and i love it um kind of doubled down on it during the pandemic because we were all working out from home and uh it just kind of i kind of fell in love with it all over again to be quite honest but i founded that program I'm from Long Island, New York. I moved to Manhattan, lived there for about seven years, and then just moved back to Long Island again a few months ago. And I love moving my body. I love getting outdoors. I love hiking. I love salsa dancing. I love deep quality conversations. I'm not like a scratch the surface kind of person. I like want to know your hopes and dreams as soon as we meet for the most part. Um, I also love coffee, which I have right here in my pumpkin shaped mug. <laughs> uh, I'm a mountains lover and I love just like the little moments of, of our life that we so often just take for granted and overlook. But I'm gonna be honest with you, this was not my perspective um, always and I went through my own struggle of depression, anxiety, and binge eating that I'm gonna share with you in just a little bit. But I wanna meet you. I want you to say hi and definitely welcome yourself to day one. Um, feel free to send uh, messages in the Facebook chat as you're watching this, either live or on the replay. And if you happen to be watching the replay on the, um, the special replay website that you're going to get in your email you're going to see a little chat icon at the bottom right of your screen and if you click that you can actually type to me and i get them as text messages in real time so even if you're watching this like a day from now two days from now and you send me uh, messages on that live chat i'll be able to interact with you right there which is pretty cool because it's like i'm right here with you 
So please go ahead and do that. I love knowing who's, uh, who's hanging out with me and who is watching this. All right. So I want to make sure that you know if you're in the right place today. If you struggle with low energy or fatigue, brain fog, anxiety, mood ups and downs, but mostly downs, you feel apathetic, like your mood is just flat, you find it's hard to care about things that you once loved, you feel like your motivation to do really anything for yourself um, or in general is low, this is going to be for you. You're also in the right place during this workshop if you have been diagnosed with di depression or anxiety at any point in your life. But I want to make sure that you know that if you've never been diagnosed with any mental illness or anything for that matter, you are still in the right place because you're going to be able to get a ton of value from this. I know often, like I was never diagnosed I never went to a doctor because I was too scared to, which I will share with you in a second. Um, but absolutely, I had depression and generalized anxiety. And I uh, knew, didn't have that diagnosis, but I just knew I was not myself. I didn't feel like myself mentally, physically, anything. You're also in the right place if your doctor says your lab tests look fine, they don't show anything is wrong, but you're thinking in your head like, clearly something is not right, so what can I do about this? I need answers. You're in the right place in this workshop if you believe there's more to anxiety and depression than you've been taught, but you're not sure where to begin. Maybe you have not found the complete relief or healing that you're looking for through your current therapy or the medications that you've been on up until this point. And you want to just learn more about how you can improve your mental health through natural ways. So this is what we're going to learn over the next week. I am so excited. <laughs> Seriously. Okay, so today is day one and we are going to focus on the number one undervalued root cause of depression. We're going to talk about some myths and misconceptions. We'll also discuss 11 physiological, not, not psychological, but physiological root causes of depression that have been connected. And then we're gonna specifically talk about nutrition deficiencies, optimizing your nutrition, and blood sugar imbalances. Tomorrow on day two, we're gonna focus more on food sensitivities and gut health, inflammation, and the immune system and how that all plays a role in depression, which is really like new science. Like I'm talking in the last five to 10 years, new science. We'll also touch on mistakes to avoid when using natural methods, which are so, so common and really hold people back from seeing like trend, you know, life-changing results. So that's really important. And then on day three, we're going to talk more about these psychological pretenders or physiological things that are happening in the body that are sort of masquerading and presenting themselves as mental illness. And we'll touch on thyroid dysfunction, we'll touch on PMS and hormone imbalance. We'll also touch on um, some food sensitivities specifically and some other things as well. And I'm also gonna talk to you on the third day uh, about a step-by-step -step guided program 
that you can use to work with me on healing yourself through methods that we're going to discuss this week and that'll be some that'll be for someone who really just wants to dive in and uh, focus in on transforming their mental health um, a little bit more streamlined a little bit more focused a little bit more um, take that next step but I do want to also mention that we're doing giveaways we every day every day of this workshop we are giving away something so today day one's giveaway is a free month of my warrior team workouts so basically you'll get daily workouts with me you'll get a membership um, login and password and you'll be able to either do live workouts with me if you want or do them on demand on your own time but basically like from the day that you win for the next month you'll have free workouts pretty much every single day and um, they range from beginner workouts to mobility so if you're someone who's like i'm just diving back into this and i really need to start slowly there's workouts for you there and if you are someone who wants to dive in and do a little bit more intense there's workouts for you there also i just want to make sure the slides are changing okay so how do you win good question um basically you just need to be the most engaged so as you're watching this live engage talk in the chat talk with each other um, comment on what's interesting to you ask questions if you're watching the replay you'll be able to comment on the video um on below the video basically or you can just send me messages you can just send me dms or emails uh, especially if you don't have facebook and you're watching the replay that is how you can be engaged and still enter to win this giveaway the other thing is there's going to be some homework questions at the end of this and you can also enter to win this giveaway by answering the homework questions posting them in our private facebook group and again if you don't have facebook you can either email them to me or dm me on instagram with that so everyone has a chance to win all right you guys so i want to start off by telling you a bit about my story and how um i came to to teach this stuff and how i came to really be passionate about empowering other people with what I learned first through my own really hard struggle of my personal experience and then what I learned through my professional experience which was inspired from my own depression and anxiety experience. So basically in 2010 I just came out as a fresh new baby dietitian and I got my first job, real uh, dream job really as a registered dietitian, personal trainer. I was in a beautiful health club. It was gorgeous. It was brand new. We grand opened it and it, it was like a dream come true. This was what I envisioned myself doing throughout college. This is what I wanted to do, which was help people transform their physical body, transform their physical health through moving their body, eating, um, changing their aesthetic, feeling good, all that. But ironically, that was the same year that I started struggling with anxiety, depression, and binge eating. But I didn't know what was going on at the time. I just knew that I was not myself. I did not feel myself. I was not acting like myself. It was like I was a shell of my former self. And the story I want to share with you today is how I overcame all three of those through natural methods. 
I didn't take any medication. I didn't see any doctor. And I'm not saying that those are poor options at all. I actually think that they're so important and they're so needed. I was part of a stigma, you know, I was just afraid. I didn't know what it meant. I was afraid it was a life sentence. I didn't want to admit things to myself. And so I took this route for better or for worse that made me struggle probably for much, much longer than I needed to if I had reached out to someone and got help. But I also learned how to heal myself naturally. So for better or for worse, this is where we're at. And I'll always keep it real with you guys, for sure. Like in the these pictures, um, as you see right here, this is when I was really feeling not myself. Um, basically, in just a matter of months of starting that new job, I'd gained 30 plus pounds, which was more than I'd ever weighed in my life. I had no energy. I had no desire to take care of myself. I would come home from work and just raid the kitchen cabinets and the fridge and not really know what I was doing. I just felt this like frenzy, this chaos overcome me that I just needed to soothe with food. I would sleep for 10 plus hours a night. I would take depression naps throughout the day, but I would never feel rested. I would call out of work often, cancel clients all the time because I just felt so overwhelmed, couldn't even get myself mentally or physically to work. I isolated myself away from family and friends. My boyfriend broke up with me at the time for, quote, not being fun anymore. And I was just like disintegrating as a person, as myself. And like I said, I was too scared to get help. Now, the reason I was too scared to get help, I remember, is because what I had known about depression and anxiety at that point in my life, I learned through pharmaceutical commercials. That's it. I learned that depression and anxiety were chemical imbalances in your brain. They were genetic. You would struggle with it for your entire life. It was a life sentence. There was nothing you could do about it other than take medication. So that was my understanding and my belief about depression and anxiety at that point. And that truth, if that was my reality, scared, scared the shit out of me, to be quite frank. And I did not want to accept that that was my fate. So once I had an inkling of what was going on, like maybe I really am struggling with something, I, for better or for worse, decided to like try and figure it out on my own. <laughs> and I thought, like my baby brain at that time, love her, <laughs> thought that if I could just, you know, get back on my diet and if I could just like get my exercise program back, if I could just like stop overeating and so I would diet and I would restrict calories and if I could just lose the weight and if I could just fit in my clothes again, you know, that sort of perspective. I thought that if I could do all that, if I could control myself, I would be back to myself. Well, spoiler alert, this made everything worse. Yeah, didn't help at all. Made everything worse. But how did I get from that to using natural methods to actually overcoming these things? Well, 
as you know, depression and anxiety, they sort of come in waves. So on a better day, I got myself to a hot yoga class somehow. And I remember leaving that hot yoga class, you know, it's like 90 minutes long, you're sweating your butt off, you are just really pushing it. Anyway, I left after the class was over, went into my car, and I just remember crying, like overwhelmed with emotion. Because for the first time in probably like months to almost a year, I felt like a glimmer of hope. I felt a glimmer of me, like the me that I knew inside of myself. And I thought she was gone forever. I thought that once I had this depression and anxiety struggle, I would never see her again. And I really felt hopeless all the time that anything would change. It was just a struggle, a fight every single day with myself. But after that yoga class, and it could have been anything, honestly, it could have been a kickboxing class, it could have been a run, it could have been a weightlifting workout, it didn't matter what the workout was, but it was the movement. And that was the first time that I connected. Moving my body helps my mental health, helps me feel better. So that was the first time I made that connection. And in that car, in that moment, I made a commitment to myself that literally my new purpose every day was going to be overcoming this and using movement to do it. So I like to say movement became my antidepressant of choice. And it wasn't the next day. It wasn't the next week. It wasn't even the next month. Literally months and years later, I finally overcame them. But it wasn't just exercise that did it for me. For sure, exercise did give me a mood boost and it did improve, um, it did strengthen my brain and it did improve my the brain chemicals and it did um, really help like give me that little bit of energy and mood boost to just function as a person that day and that's all I needed to get to the next breath, to get to the next step, to get to the next day. It really was powerful in so many amazing ways and it still is for me today but i started to wonder why is this working i didn't understand why it was working i just knew that it was and it really made no sense to me based on my understanding and belief of depression and anxiety being caused by a chemical imbalance a, serotonin, a low serotonin anything like that and i started to wonder why is this working what else impacts my mood like movement what else hurts my mood what else like helps me feel better and I started to notice what I was doing in my life that either exacerbated my symptoms or relieved them I noticed that being outside helped being in the sun helped being in fresh air helped I noticed obviously that movement but like all sorts of movement it could have been like a dance party in my kitchen it could have been five minutes of anything that helped I noticed that certain foods made me feel like stable and energized and I also noticed foods made me totally crash or like when I ate certain types of foods would totally tank my energy energy I noticed that when I was tired, when I didn't get enough sleep, when I was overworking, that everything felt like a thousand times worse. I also noticed that binge eating, so overeating just tons and tons of calories, especially at night, would not only tank my mood, but would tank my energy. 
And the next morning I would wake up with a food hangover and it was like I had set myself back days. It really was awful and it really, really um, interwove and played into my depression. But little by little I started, oh, I also noticed that alcohol really um, would make me, again, like tank my energy and my mood for days. And I started little by little, not all at once, because making massive change all at once is never sustainable. And it was a very like intuitive as well as organic process. I really committed to wanting to feel better. It became like a life or death thought for me, not in the way of suicide, but in the way of if I continue on like this, I am just going to be like a zombie, like an existing living, but just a zombie, like walking through life, but not exactly living life. And I wanted, I didn't want that. So all of these changes to me meant choosing like a higher experience of life because I could connect to myself once I started to make different choices. So I started to make these changes in my life and little by little, months and years later, I think I started struggling when I was around like 22 and I would say around like 27, 28 was really when I started to like find my footing. So it was a lot of trial and error and climbing up the dark, uh, climbing out of my deep dark hole and then sliding back down my deep dark hole. But I became determined to not let anxiety and depression and binge eating steal away any more moments of my life. And little by little, I started to look forward to getting out of bed again, which was everything. You know, that feeling of lying in bed and just you're awake, but you just wish you could already fall back to sleep. Like you don't even want to live the day. You're just like, I just want to stay here. Well, I would feel that often. Um, and it was my dream <laughs> to wake up and be excited about my day. To like want to enjoy and live and look forward to my day. And when I started to get that feeling again, it meant everything to me. Um, and then I got, you know, I get to feel excited about my life. I get I get to spend time with the people that I love, doing the things that I love, which now like I feel <laughs> that joy about again and everything just heightens the next thing. So my work today over the last 5 years, I've really shifted my focus onto understanding the neuroscience behind why everything that I did actually did work behind why depression and anxiety and my mind were changed by these basic things, really. And what I learned literally blew me away, like blew my mind. So now I help people overcome anxiety, depression, and binge eating through these neuroscience-based natural methods, which can be done along therapy and medication if that's where you're at, or can be done alongside just your life, like what you're, how you're living your life little by little. There is so much more that we have been told, we have not been told about anxiety and depression. And I wanna get into some of those things today. Before we do that, I wanna tell you a story. It's kind of an allegory, I believe it's called. And I heard this for the first time 
on the West Wing, which is one of my absolute favorite shows in the whole world. And two of the characters were um, talking and they shared this story. And the story is um, a person is walking along the road and falls in a hole. And the hole is so deep that they can't get out. They try and they climb and they fall back down and it's, they're stuck. So they're sitting there, they're sitting there. All of a sudden, a priest walks by and the person yells up, Father, please help me. I'm stuck in this hole. I can't get out. Like, I need help. So the priest looks over, says a prayer for the person in the hole, and walks on. A little while after that, a doctor walks by and the person shouts up, Doc, please help me. I'm stuck in this hole. I can't get out. I really need some help. And the doctor looks down, writes a prescription on his prescription pad, throws it in the hole, and continues walking on. A little while after that, one of the uh, one of the guy's friends walks by and the person shouts out, Hey, Alice, I'm stuck in this hole. Please help. Please help me. I can't get out. And Alice jumps in the hole. So the person looks over and is like, What the hell did you do that for now? We're both stuck in this hole. And Alice goes, well, I've been down here before, and I know the way out. So I love this story so much because I've been down in that hole. I know what it's like to feel stuck. It's, this brings me to tears every time. And I am the friend. Like, I look at myself in this position where I am of having this personal experience with understanding the professional experience to help someone. And I jump down in the hole with you because I do know the way out. And I wanna share that with you um, any way that I can. So let's take a deep breath after that, shall we? <laughs> and take a sip of water. So what would you fill your life with feelings, thoughts, actions, if you no longer felt depressed or anxious? I want you to answer that question. I think it should be on the worksheet that you can uh, print out or look at as you're watching this, but I want you to answer this, even if it's one thing. What would you fill your life with? What feelings, what thoughts, what actions, if you no longer felt depressed or anxious? Depression and anxiety take up space. They have energy. It's a presence. You know it. It steals away moments of your life because you cannot fully experience that moment. But if you no longer felt depressed or anxious, there would be an opening. An opening for you to fill with whatever you wanted to. And I just wanna give you the opportunity, 
instead of saying, I don't want to feel depressed and anxious anymore, well, what do you want to feel? What do you want to think? What actions do you want to take? And let's let that energy, that whatever you get filled with when you connect with those things, let's let those fuel us this week. Piggybacking off of that, this might be an easier question to answer, but what mindset do you need to bring to get the most out of this workshop? I just wanted you to take a minute or so to jot down a few words. Some things that came to mind for me were being open, being focused, not distracted, acknowledging that you are worthy of this time, being curious, non-judgmental, being future-focused instead of past-focused, being energized, hopeful, being supportive of yourself, of the people who are also in this workshop, being compassionate to yourself, engaging, receptive, curious, I put curious there twice, obviously it's important, <laughs> and calm. What words come to mind for you? What mindset do you want to intentionally bring to get the most out of this workshop this week? All right, let's take a deep breath in through the nose. Let it out through your mouth because we're going to dive in. So get ready for some notes if you're going to take notes or just be present and listen. You can always rewatch this and rewind it and all that jazz. Okay, so the first thing I want to talk about is what is the number one overlooked cause of depression? Now, often we hear about the psychological causes of depression, which are like trauma, adult and childhood trauma, grief, losing someone important to us, major, major life changes, divorce, moving, um, or even the spiritual causes of depression, like the feeling of not having a meaning or purpose in life, kind of like no sense of belonging. Those are all legitimate, like legit causes of depression and anxiety. Um, and they are talked about more and more, which is amazing. Um, I think it's so helpful, but it really does show how many of us are struggling. Um, but what I want to talk about today, which is where my passion lies, is not an either or situation, but it's an and situation. All of these things can be happening simultaneously. And that uh, overlooked cause of depression is the physiological causes or the biological root causes, which means they start in the body, these underlying causes, but affect the brain. If you have unaddressed physiological things that are imbalanced or underlying and not addressed, this can actually make therapy as amazing as it is and medications as important as they can be essentially ineffective. And I'm going to show you today how having certain physiological things that aren't addressed can make therapy and medication or anything like that really not add up because we're not treating the root cause. For example, if you have unaddressed nutrient deficiencies or gut health issues, no amount of therapy 
or antidepressant medication can fix this root cause. It's not going to fix, you know, a vitamin deficiency by talking more. It's not going to balance out any gut health distress by taking antidepressant or anti-anxiety medications. So this is why this is amazing for anyone. You can only help your body and mind heal as a whole by applying these methods into your life. We often think the brain is separate from the body and guess what? It's all connected. It's all connected. So whether you're doing this as your only healing protocol or as alongside um, therapy or medications, it is going to uh, just increase your effectiveness of your healing. Body, mind, brain, the whole gamut. So I want to talk about the difference between a root cause versus a symptom. So the root cause is the most bottom line underlying reason causing the group of symptoms that you're having. And I like to tell this story of the kitchen is flooding to make this clear. So basically you walk into your kitchen and you notice there's water all over the floor and you're like, oh my gosh, there's water on the floor. We need to clean this up. So you grab a mop and you immediately start mopping everything up and you get all the water off the floor and you're like, great, problem is solved. So you leave and you go back to doing things, living life. And you walk back into the kitchen a little bit later and you see water on the floor again and you're like, hello, what the heck? I thought I took care of this. So this time, instead of a mop, you grab a wet vac and you start sucking up all the water on the floor. Problem solved, right? Well, actually, this time you get a little curious and you ask, why is there water on the floor? Where is the water coming from? So you start to look around. And in one scenario, you actually notice that the kitchen sink tap is on and the water is just overflowing out of the sink. Hello? Crazy. I mean, if you have kids, I think this is an actual feasible thing. So in that scenario, that's the root of the problem. So you turn off the tap. In another scenario, you notice a pipe has burst. And so the root of that would be the burst pipe. So you replace the pipe. Now we've solved it at the root. In a third scenario, you notice the roof is leaking. And so we replace the roof. The point is there can be many root causes for the water on the floor. So therefore there can be many solutions. If the pipe burst, does it make sense to replace the roof? No, that's not gonna solve the root problem. Does it make sense to just mop up the floor but not fix the burst pipe? No, we actually probably wanna do both, right? <laughs> but ultimately we wanna stop the water from pouring out onto our floor. So this is the same mentality we want to approach our depression and anxiety symptoms with. We don't just want to mop up the symptoms with this solution or that medication or that band-aid or that therapy. Look, I acknowledge I am not discounting them. They help. But all I'm saying is they may not help address the root source of the problem, which is why we want to find out why we're having these symptoms in the first place and then we can better see what solutions make the most sense. Let me know if that analogy is clear. So we often think of depression as a disease, but it's actually a symptom. 
And if we look at this iceberg analogy, right, we have the iceberg, we have the little bit at the top that's above the surface, and then below the surface, we have all these, this huge underlying chunk of ice, right? And that is actually way, way bigger than we can see on the surface. So depression is a symptom that something is off balance or ill in the body that needs to be remedied. It can, you can even go as far as saying it's a message, a screaming message that something is off in the body that needs to be addressed, but it is a message nonetheless. And the problem is not all in our head. It's not all in our brain. There are actually many possible root causes and therefore many solutions. And as you can see, depression is just one of many things that can uh, happen due to these underlying causes. Depression is misdiagnosed and mistreated often, especially among women. Actually, one in seven women are on some sort of antidepressant medication. And women experience depression more than twice the rate of men. And actually, one in four women in their 40s and 50s are on psychiatric drugs. Yet, are we actually getting better? Doesn't it feel like we're getting worse in some ways? The rates of depression and anxiety are absolutely growing. We know this for a fact. And yes, of course, we have to acknowledge the stress of life, the pandemic, the world that we live in today, even the disconnection like social media society has created amongst us. Absolutely, those all play a significant role and I'm not taking away from them. But I do want to highlight the things that we're not talking about, which are the lifestyle factors and the underlying physiological conditions that develop far away from the brain, but indirectly cause mental health issues that we have so much control over. And that is what I want to empower you with today. A question that I know some of you have asked yourselves is, what's the message anxiety and depression are trying to tell me? How do we discover these physiological root causes? So when you meet with um, a functional medicine practitioner or someone like me who's a functional dietitian, we really spend a lot of time getting a full picture of your story, literally from like while you were in your mom's womb up until today. We want a full life toxin exposure history from before birth until now, from antibiotic exposure to chemical exposures, actually even to whether you were born vaginally or through C-section, whether you were breastfed or not, um, the stress and trauma that you have had uh, throughout, especially the early stages of your life. We would look at specific lab tests, again, to get a bigger picture of what's going on throughout your body. And you're gonna learn what these are a little bit later in the workshop. Our nutrition habits, current lifestyle, how well our gut and gut bacteria are functioning, how our hormone levels are, thyroid, cortisol, any genetic variants in our DNA that could put us at a higher risk for depression symptoms. I also wanna know your beliefs about health and what your intentions and goals that are important to you are. Your past experiences, of course, 
And honestly, the first time I meet with someone, we usually sit and talk about this entire story for about the first 90 minutes. And I know experience with most physicians, that's a 15 to 20 minute conversation. I don't know what your experience has been, but that is what most people tell me. So it really takes more time, more intention to get a full understanding of where this person is before even thinking about making a recommendation or a protocol for them. So often people say, well, depression is in my genes and my family had it, this person had it in my family, that person, and so I'm, that's why I have it. But I want to give you a perspective that genetic is, uh, excuse me, depression is not genetic, it's epigenetic. So what the heck is epigenetic? I want you to think of your genes, right, your DNA, as an orchestra of instruments. And the epigenetic component is the conductor. Our genes are basically static. We either have them or we don't. So the instruments are there, right? Or they're not in that orchestra. But just because we have the gene, just because the instrument is in the orchestra, it doesn't mean that it's going to play. It doesn't mean that it's going to get to play. It's up to the conductor of the orchestra to signal to the instrument to be played and how loud to play. Just like it's up to our epigenetics to turn on or off our genes and tell them how strongly to express themselves. We are not at the mercy of our genes, but we are greatly influenced by the complex interactions of our genes with our environment, which is really the science of epigenetics, how the environment interacts with our genes. Our health outcomes are dominated more by our environment than our inheritance. Our environmental effects on expressing our genes um, or cannot be passed on to your future biological children. It affects how your future genes will behave in the lives of your, your um, the people who come after you. But on the same token, these marks can be changed to read differently. We don't have to play the instruments just because they're sitting in our orchestra. And it does make it possible to even reverse certain diseases or never get them at all, even if we have the genes for them. And FYI, no research has ever established a particular gene or brain state that causes depression. It's, they've searched and searched for a gene, like a depression gene, but none has ever been discovered. Um, and it seems like the research is moving away from a one gene thing to like just a bigger picture here. So some of the things that um, that things in our environment that can turn our genes on or off are food choices, toxins that we encounter every single day from cigarette smoke to pollution to chemicals in our water bottles, things like that, medicine and drugs that we take regularly, antibiotics even that we can take once or maybe even only a couple times, 
absolutely the state of our finances, psychological stress, social stress, feeling like you belong, being part of a community, our microbiome, our gut, our um, digestion, our gut microbes play a ginormous role and uh, physical exercise as well. So the environment, stress, diet, and lifestyle factors can influence epigenetic changes that determine whether genes are switched on or off. So I just wanna tell you a quick story about Heather. Um, so Heather, at 55, she's been on bipolar meds for the majority of her life. She also experienced a lot of blood sugar ups and like spikes and crashes, would feel bloated, often have mood swings, she'd feel stressed, anxious, have brain fog. So she uh, did her program to get a little bit more information about finding a root cause for what these things, why these things are happening. She ended up doing some lab tests. She found out her vitamin D was deficient. She found out her ferritin levels were high. She found out that she had food sensitivities that were causing inflammation in her body. And so she made a bunch of lifestyle changes. First of all, she went on a vitamin D supplement. She uh, decided to remove refined sugar, gluten, soy, and limited her dairy intake. So she really cut out a lot of the known inflammatory foods that can wreak havoc, especially on a weakened gut. And she upped her organic vegetables. She cut out processed foods. You know, nothing really crazy, nothing really extreme. She added in coconut oil, she started taking fish oil. She really focused on eliminating the foods that she had severe uh, reactions to when she did an elimination diet to recognize like, wow, these foods are really making me feel crappy. And um, her response was, I haven't felt this good in five years. I don't have mood swings, I've not felt depression, I've not had any manic episodes, I feel calm, I feel energized, I feel good, I feel solid, like my energy, I can trust it. And it really increased her ability to just live her life, be productive at work, be productive as a human being. Um, and she really felt that the brain fog that was kind of interfering a lot with her day to day had really lifted and she could finally think clearly for the first time in a really long time. So that's an example, one example of the physiological things that can influence our mental health. Now, some of you might be saying, well, what about the brain chemical imbalance theory, right? Like low serotonin, that whole thing. Isn't that a physiological root cause? Well, this fact literally shook me the first time I heard it and I was really angry when I learned this and actually like had to do like triple and double takes to really understand is this true but the brain chemical imbalance theory has not been proved as a root cause of depression or anxiety low serotonin has never been proven to cause depression and you can google this there are tons of articles that really explain how this imbalance theory got totally skewed, got totally taken away, mostly by the pharmaceutical companies as a root cause to support the reasons why SSRIs and other antidepressant medications worked, but it was never a root cause. 
And honestly, it is way simple, uh, excuse me, it's way more complicated than just this one thing. So it's kind of crazy to think that the belief that you might have held your entire life has not held up in any scientific literature or research and that the story is way bigger. Um, But even when the story is way bigger, there's actually more of a role that we can play in it, which is way more empowering. The thing that I also wanted to mention here is that just like there are many steps in us getting and utilizing nutrients, we are consuming um, to consume, we are consuming in the right amount. The same goes for brain chemicals. There's a lot of steps to producing those brain chemicals like serotonin and dopamine and noradrenaline and send them to where they need to go. For instance, 95% of serotonin is not produced in the brain. It's actually produced in our gut. And the question that I ask is, well, if we are worried about serotonin, why aren't we looking at issues that could be affecting the production of the serotonin in the gut? Why are we only looking in the brain? Are we actually looking in the brain? Well, have you ever been tested for neurotransmitters? Has your brain ever been tested or scanned? They often don't do it. We actually don't even measure neurotransmitters in the brain at any given time while we're alive. We can't do it. It's not able to be done. We don't have the technology to do it. So even if your brain chemicals are imbalanced or low, which I'm not saying is not impossible and wouldn't affect your mental health, but it's more likely that they may only be a symptom themselves and not a root cause. And we can keep digging deeper. There's also a group of people that do not respond to pharmaceutical intervention who have tried multiple antidepressant medications and it does not have an effect on their depression symptoms and it's named treatment resistant depression and actually a third of people who go on antidepressant medication so that's 30 people out of every hundred do not feel an improvement that's a lot of people and right as of right now there are um, not that many explanations as to why this could be happening but What is coming to be known is that as we understand more about physiological causes, it's actually filling in those questions about treatment-resistant depression. Remember what I mentioned at the beginning, like you can do all the therapy and take any medication that you can get your hands on, but if the root cause of like a vitamin deficiency or gut health or inflammation or a food sensitivity or combination of these isn't being addressed, those solutions aren't going to work because they're just going in two different directions. At the end of the day, the main takeaway for each of these workshop days is that we want to remove the stuff, the chemicals, the foods, this, that, that's hurting and stressing and causing inflammation in your body. Like I mentioned here, food intolerances, sugar, processed foods, pesticides, chemical exposure, medications, antibiotics. You can expand this into the psychological 
realm, right? Certain people, um, certain environments, situations. You want to remove the stuff that's hurting and stressing your body and causing inflammation. And you want to replenish and add what can help heal your body with nutrient-dense foods, with right good uh, healthful fats, proteins, whole carbs, sleep, supplements, probiotics, calming practices, and the list goes on and on. We're going to get into even more depth about this. So what we're going to really focus on um, for the next few minutes is the physiological root causes of depression and anxiety that have to do directly with nutrition. So nutrient deficiencies and not getting enough nutrients through what we eat every single day because of either a nutrient-poor diet or something else. And even blood sugar imbalances and how this plays a role into our depression and anxiety symptoms. So that's our focus for today. Uh, so food is extremely important for our physical health, I think, as we can all agree on. So why would we doubt that it would be just as effective if not more, for our brain health and our mental health. A 2017 study found that there was a strong connection between whole food diets and decreased risk of depression. So what do I mean by whole food diet? Well, look at the picture. Foods that come from the earth, that come from the farm, that come from the sea, farm to table, as pure, as close to nature as you can get them. Yeah, usually things that don't even have a food label or nutrition label. A 20, uh, excuse me, a 2009 study specifically looked at the Mediterranean diet and depression. Almost all of the studies of nutrition on depression, they do with the Mediterranean diet, which if you're familiar with is pretty much just whole fr uh, fruits, vegetables, high in fish, lean meats, healthy oils, beans, legumes, green leafy vegetables, stuff like that. So a 20, uh, I keep saying it wrong, a 2009 study looked at the Mediterranean diet and depression. Uh, these people in this particular study ate more fruits, nuts, healthy oils, and fats, legumes, fish, vegetables, and 30% were less likely to be diagnosed with depression during that four-year study period, which says that depression, excuse me, which says that what you eat plays a role in preventing depression. What about red meat? Well, this study might intrigue you. So a 2012 study of a thousand Australian women found that red meat intake was extremely important for the prevention of depression. In the study, for those that ate less than three to four servings of beef or lamb a week, were twice as likely to be diagnosed with depression or anxiety. Uh, a note about red meat, which we're, we will dive into, but especially because in Australia, they do eat mostly grass-fed or grass-finished meat. That's why this cow is chewing green grass and not hay or grains or anything like that. And that plays a ginormous role in the quality of the meat. So you are not what you eat, you are what you eat eats, is the phrase that I throw in here. If what the animal is eating is going to make their body more optimal and nutritious, 
we are only going to benefit from that. So it comes down to the quality of the meat that you're eating and not so much if it's red meat or not. But there is a connection here to improving and decreasing the uh, diagnosis of depression, which is pretty amazing. In 2018, they analyzed and created an antidepressant food score for each food that exists, each whole food that exists. And the highest scoring foods for helping prevent depression were oysters and shellfish, organ meats, fish, dark leafy greens like watercress and spinach and Swiss chard and herbs and kale, colorful vegetables, like think the colors of the rainbow and fill in a vegetable for each one, and cruciferous vegetables, so like broccoli and Brussels sprouts. And another interesting fact is that the nutrients that have been studied of the most importance for the prevention and treatment of depression, this is where we get into nutrients and their importance, are listed here. So from folate to iron, omega-3, fish oil, we're gonna talk specifically about that one in a little bit, magnesium, potassium, thiamine, selenium, vitamin A, vitamin B6, vitamin B12, stars on that one, vitamin C and zinc, and these vitamins all work together. It hasn't, it's not so much that, yes, in there, there have been cases where one vitamin deficiency can cause, yes, depression, anxiety, or other um, like psychological symptoms, but what it's being shown is more often across the board is that these vitamins and minerals all work together. And so having an abundance of them at the optimal amounts, not just not deficient amounts, is really what we need to have our strongest um, mental health to heal us, to heal our brain, to heal our mental health, as well as to optimize it. And everybody, this is also really important, this is why one diet, one way of eating does not work for every single person on the planet. Everyone has different needs to bring their body back into balance. What you are going to learn is what feels best for you. Not what you should eat, not what you shouldn't eat, not what that diet tells you, not what that fad tells you, but what actually feels best for you and change it as needed. What felt great for you at one time might not be what's best for your body right now. For some people, they felt great cutting out meat, eating a vegetarian or a vegan way of life, and then it wasn't so great, and then they didn't feel so good. And they started actually listening to their body, which was telling them, I'm craving meat or I'm craving this again. And so they added it back in slowly, and they started to feel amazing and thrive and feel strong again. I have also have stories of people who have decided to remove meat. They didn't feel good. They felt it was really tough on their bodies, on their stomach, and they felt amazing uh, living and eating a vegetarian way of life. I'm going to take a, a note also when it comes to vegetarians and vegans who feel good 
living that life and want to continue living that life, there are certain vitamins and minerals that you are recommended to supplement with because really the only way to get them is through animal sources um, in a way that our body can absorb them. And so those are going to be vital for that population to supplement with. So what are the things that nutrition can actually do for us in terms of our mental health? Well, number one, it provides nutrients that are vital for the brain and body. Number two, it supports microbiome gut health. Three, it helps us balance our blood sugar. Four, it decreases inflammation. Five, it lowers oxidative stress. And lastly, it can help us balance our hormones. And we want to reset and rebalance these areas when it comes to our nutrition and learn what optimization is for each of us individually. Consuming foods in their most whole and natural form as close to farm to table as we can, among other things, having proteins and fats, carbs, vitamins, minerals, will actually help make our brain chemicals like serotonin and dopamine Low fat or diets heavy in trans fats like vegetable oils or very much processed oils contribute to inflammation and interfere with making healthy cells, which can alter our brain function, which can alter our hormone production. In terms of supporting gut health, having low stomach acid or poor digestion, leaky gut and imbalanced gut bacteria and preventing us from absorbing the nutrients we're eating, even if we have the best diet ever. So if our, something is going on with our digestive system or our gut health, we could be eating the best nutrition ever and still not be absorbing the best from that because our gut plays such an important role there. And lastly, inflammatory foods that are known, like gluten and processed cow dairy, soy, uh, can cause leaky gut and leaky brain, contributing to chronic stress and depression symptoms. So I threw a lot of info at you there. We're going to be going through that more in detail over the next three days, so I know you're going to be excited about that. All right, so we talked a little bit about protein. So protein is not just vital for making our muscles, but it's actually vital for making our brain chemicals like serotonin and dopamine, GABA, BDNF, endorphins, you name it, but serotonin and dopamine specifically. So protein is made up of amino acids, and these are the things that are really vital to making those brain chemicals. I'm going to show you in the next slide, in one example, how this amino acid called tryptophan, which is maybe something you'd recognize because at Thanksgiving it gets a lot of attention, like, oh my gosh, you're going to eat a lot of tryptophan in the turkey, and that's going to make you fall asleep. Sound familiar? Yeah. Well, tryptophan is an amino acid. So it's a building block of protein. And this amino acid is needed, vital, like a major ingredient in making our serotonin, which is our calming hormone. It's known as a happy neurotransmitter. It's, it's known as a calming brain chemical. 
it is vital. So if we're not eating either enough protein or protein that includes this tryptophan, our bodies are actually not capable of making serotonin and, and enough serotonin if we're not getting it in the right amounts. So that is one example of how vital protein is in making our brain chemicals. As you can see, there are lots of vitamins here and minerals. All of these are also equally as important. Think of them as like the necessary, like you can't make this recipe of serotonin without these spices and ingredients. Otherwise, it's just not gonna happen. And so if we're not getting enough vitamins and nutrients specifically through our food or through supplementation, again, this recipe is not gonna come out. And that's gonna play a dramatic role. So like I said, 95% of serotonin is made in our gut. Well, we need to eat the food to help produce it. We need to have the gut bacteria in order to uh, synthesize it. And it needs to get from our gut to our brain in order for us to have this, that mood boosting effect. So my number one protein tip is to eat a protein source at each meal. And an easy way to do that is to just start with eating it at breakfast. You can get vegetarian sources of protein and or animal sources of protein, but you do wanna make sure that you're getting the adequate amounts. You can focus on building it into eating a source of protein at every meal, every three to four meals, and look at your day in terms of eating meals instead of snacking. Those are great ways to ensure that you're getting a proper amount of protein in your day. Here's a way that some nutrient deficiencies are connected to depression and anxiety. So these are the ones that are known and studied the most. Copper, iron deficiencies, magnesium deficiencies, zinc deficiencies, low omega-3 uh, fat, vitamin B12, folate, vitamin B. We know that a healthy diet affects brain health because we need these nutrients in order for the brain to function minimally and of course function optimally. Low levels of vitamins and minerals can cause depression and anxiety symptoms because they're vital to creating our brain chemicals as we just saw with the example with serotonin. When we are sick, when we are stressed, when our body is not functioning when it's kind of on the uh, defense, when our immune system is working overload, we need higher dosages of nutrients until we are back to balance. And when we are experiencing anxiety, when we are experiencing depression, we are overworking. Our bodies are overworking over time, all the time, and it's going to be pulling from our nutrient stores. So if we're not replenishing them, we're not helping ourselves. All right, so the next topic I wanna to talk about is blood sugar chaos. And what does this have to do with depression and anxiety? I thought this was like a diabetes thing. Well, spoiler alert, it actually has a huge impact so this is for anyone who wakes up in the middle of the night, has anxiety at like 2 a.m., 3 a.m., or even first thing in the morning, 
or maybe you even experience like a post-lunch energy crash. That could be the feeling that I'm describing or even like feeling hangry. So blood sugar imbalances that become chronic issues can be uh, called reactive hypoglycemia and it often manifests itself as depression or anxiety. So what causes this to happen? I want you to think of your blood sugar spike and then drop as a roller coaster. When we eat a diet heavy in refined processed carbs, think like cereals and pastas and baked goods uh, and diets low in healthy nutritional fats um, and proteins, so think highly processed foods, highly processed carbs, we get a blood sugar that looks like King Dukkha. You know that crazy roller coaster that goes up really, really high and it just literally comes down really, really fast, just goes up and then straight down. That's what our blood sugar does. It's spiking up really fast and then it's dropping really fast. That is going to lead to feelings of anxiousness and jitteriness and heart racing, anxiety. It could lead to sweating. It could lead to even extreme panic attacks. Yeah, a panic attack could be caused by a blood sugar spike and fast drop. So blood sugar issues are more important and play a bigger role in our mental health than you and most people might think. So like I mentioned before, when you eat this sugar, like a candy bar, or cereal, or pasta, or bread, refined flour, you'll have an elevation in blood sugar and then a quick spike in insulin. The insulin dump leads to a crash in your blood sugar. To bring, to bring your blood sugar back into a safe balance, the body is gonna release cortisol, which you may know as the stress hormone, and it's going to use our stored sugar in our muscles to bring our blood sugar back into balance. This generates more of the same craving feeling, wanting you know, certain crunchy, carby, sweet, salty foods, and the cycle just continues and continues. That blood sugar crash and that cortisol increase, that's what creates that anxiety, that irritability, that edginess, the moody, foggy, jittery, panicky feeling that can last all day, all week, all month. In this great book called Fuel Your Brain, Not Your Anxiety, the author, uh, a doctor who researches the impact of food on our anxiety, um, says that 95% of panic attacks happen when you go long stretches without food or don't eat breakfast or have a high sugar meal. Let me know if that is your experience, if you can reflect back, if you've ever had a panic attack or if you have them often. Where are they happening in relation to when the last meal you had was or when, how balanced that meal was? I'm really curious to know. So I want to tell you the story of Jamie. Um, Jamie is 23 and she came in complaining of PMS and acne and unease that pretty much you could describe as depression. She would get up in the middle of the night and wake up sort of can't go back to sleep for hours and so she would just eat. She would have food cravings at night 
and just eat. She would have low energy most of the day. She would find she'd have periods of like racing um, heart palpitations. She found herself being really irritable most of the time. And she was just like, I don't like this person that I am. I, I, do, I don't like feeling mean and, and anxious all the time. So uh, her psychiatrist and her physician originally wanted to just put her on an antidepressant, an anti-anxiety medication. But when she met and discovered a little bit more about what was going on underneath the surface, she realized this is a blood sugar chaos issue. So instead of going on the medicine, she decided to take a natural approach and she used the nutrition protocol to stabilize her blood sugar and avoid those midnight wake-ups. She eliminated gluten and sugar because those can contribute directly to the spikes and the drops. She also added in really healthful fats, two of which were ghee and coconut oil. And she also started supplementing with two supplements that have been shown to help balance out blood sugars and decrease cravings, L-carnitine, and chromium, chromium picolinate. Within a few weeks of making these shifts, she felt significantly different. She was sleeping through the night for the first time in years. She had no menstrual complaints, no irritability, and her PMS had really declined to almost nothing. She lost eight pounds in just a few weeks and she was feeling better every single day significant change with just some natural shifts. So if this is something that you experience or any of those uh, symptoms found, sounded familiar to you, this is my tip. A tiny habit hack for you would be to find a whole food substitute for refined carbs that you eat every day. So if you are going to muffins every day or if you have the toast in the morning every day, or let's just say you have candy bar or something like that as a pick-me-up later in the afternoon, my tip for you is to find an equally satiable whole food substitute for that refined or high sugar choice. And if you can slowly start to replace it one day at a time, you're going to notice within just a few days that you feel better. Like that's how fast it can work. Another uh, suggestion I have is to eat, I should say, aim to be hungry every three to four hours. So you don't want to go too long without eating. When you do eat, you want to make sure that there is a healthful protein and fat alongside whatever carbs or vegetables you're having. This is going to slow the digestion process down and this will slow the spike and drop of your blood sugar. If you're experiencing those mid uh, of the night wake-ups, even having um, a like a couple slices of turkey or a couple of um, you know like a couple bites of nuts or if you can tolerate dairy even like a piece of cheese at night before you go to bed can actually help keep your blood sugar stable throughout the night so that you don't wake up. The drop in blood sugar overnight is what's causing you to wake up. So those are some suggestions that you can do to help naturally start to get your body to function better. But I will mention, if this is a serious issue for you, it could take like a few weeks 
to a couple of months of really getting your body to regulate itself. But most people do notice a difference within just a few days of making these shifts, which is like so encouraging. And of course, we need to talk about fat. So actually, the brain loves fat. 50% of the brain is made of fat. And the types of fats that we want to be including in optimizing our nutrition are anti-inflammatory fats and getting away from fats that can cause or contribute to inflammation. So what are those? Well, the ones that we want to add more of into our life, into our day, into our foods is coconut oil, avocados, wild caught salmon, ghee, which is an unrefined butter, olive oil, flax oil, macadamia nuts, walnuts, almonds, delicious. Eggs with the yolk, fat has gotten a lot of flack in the last 30, 40, 50 years. And honestly, we need it and we need these uh, really good ones that help our body function optimally. The ones that we want to literally avoid, like reduce down as much as possible, are things like canola oil, which you'd be surprised is in everything from your chips, even like the health food aisle chips, to salad dressings, even the health food salad dressings, soybean oil, peanut oil, processed meats, sunflower oil, cottonseed oil, margarine, hydrogenated oils like trans fats are the ones that we want to reduce down as much as we can. The processing of these seed oils causes it to be very inflammatory in our body and just contributes to more and more problems. A tip that I have for you, especially when it comes to fish oil, because there is a lot of research on fish oil and depression treatment, actually. And what has been found is that in depressed patients, daily consumption of dietary supplements of omega-3 fatty acid that contain, this is the distinction, it's not just any omega-3 fish oil supplement. It is omega-3 fish oil supplements that contain a higher concentration of EPA. So a 1.5 to 2 grams of EPA in the fish oil. Those have been shown to stimulate mood elevation. So when you look at your fish oil, you're going to see EPA and you're going to see DHA. You want the EPA to uh, be at least two times higher than the DHA. So here are the grams for you, 1.5 to 2 grams. I use a, uh, of course I can't remember the name, the supplement that I use is a, I think it's a thorn supplement, uh, that's the brand, it's called Super EPA, and that is one that I highly recommend with quality fish oil as well as the right concentration. So that is a tiny habit hack that you can um, implement. I wanna just note that if you are on antidepressant medication and you do start to increase your intake of this specific kind of fish oil, you are gonna to wanna to let your doctor know that you're doing this because it has been shown to increase the efficacy of some antidepressant medications, which means they're working better and you don't have to take as much. So you want to make sure that you are um, making that adjustment if needed with your doctor knowing what's going on. So just a note on that. 
All right, so we're wrapping it up and I just wanted to kind of bring it on home with some nutrition optimization foundations, kind of summarizing everything that we talked about. So what we wanna do is prioritize eating whole foods as close to nature, think straight from the farm to your table. We wanna increase plant diversity, so that means increase the amount and types, 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 types of vegetables and fruit and even spices. And in this instance, dark chocolate even counts as a plant. And that's going to help our gut um, bacteria thrive on the good stuff. We wanna promote nutrient density. We wanna incorporate sources of protein that feel best for your body. And that might take some experimenting and trialing, but we wanna promote the building blocks of our brain chemicals. We wanna prioritize whole carbohydrates to deliver those nutrients and help balance out our blood sugar and keep them balanced, right? So as you can see, I have like rice here and squash and potatoes. We're gonna talk more about how uh, to figure out what those foods are that can cause or contribute to your food sensitivities and how to figure them out and how to reduce them, etc. You wanna minimize highly processed foods, the ones that increase essential fats. Uh, I'm sorry, you wanna minimize highly processed foods like refined flours and baked goods as well as cereal. So things that you're eating as like a daily staple, how can we start to slowly replace them with those whole food carb choices instead? How can we start to, it doesn't have to be a tire 180 shift in one day, try it one little thing at a time, you'll have more success. We wanna increase those essential fats that are packed with nutrients that help our brain and we want to start to slowly shift our focus to eating organic when it's possible, reducing GMOs and pesticides. And I'm gonna get more into that tomorrow because it is crazy actually how much it plays into a stressing role on our gut. And last but not least, trying to space out your meals every three to four hours. That will help our blood sugar not be that spike and drop, right? Not that King to Ka roller coaster, but instead think more like baby roller coaster, something with just like little hills and little drops. Um, and eating every three to four hours, having a balanced meal of proteins, fats with our carbs is going to help you out big time. So I know this sounds basic, but I hope that I gave you some background into supporting the why you want to be making these changes. These things may have, you may have heard them a million times, but they are so simple that we discount them, that we don't think that they're going to make that much of a difference. But I'm hoping to instill in you a deeper personal motivator for making these changes specific to what's going on with you. All right, so sorry, we went a little bit longer than I expected today, but it was all good information. I want to remind you we're doing a giveaway, right? So what you need to do is just engage on this video or engage in the Facebook group in general, share what your takeaways were from today's workshop. You can email me directly. It's all gonna count. So the more engaged you are, the better. <laughs> and that's gonna increase your chances of winning a free month of warrior workouts with me, which is a $77 value. And um, 
answering the homework questions. So you can answer the homework questions and post them in our private Facebook group, or again, email them to me. But the three homework questions for today are, what is your biggest takeaway from today? Two, what mindset do you commit to bringing to get the most out of this workshop? And three, what would you fill your life with? What feelings, what thoughts, what actions, if you no longer felt depressed or anxious? Thank you so much for your time. And I am so excited to see you tomorrow for day two, where we'll talk more about gut health and inflammation and food sensitivities and what the heck these things have to do with depression. Have an incredible day and I will see you tomorrow. Bye.